the trade deadline has come and gone, but the Rangers still have holes on the roster. Are there some prospects that could help this team get the push to October and win the ALS? Talking about all that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Ranger fan since 2010, the founder and host for all five seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Today is Wednesday, August 2nd. Your Rangers are 61 and 46, alone in first place in the AOS, half a game ahead of the Astros. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Subscribe on YouTube, where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. Now, before we get into today's show, this episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Swing for the fences on sleep, with sleeper picks, and you could win up to 100 times your money. Download the sleeper app and use promo code Locked On. You'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See sleepers' terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Now the Rangers won two to nothing their first game since the trade deadline passed. They got a brilliant start from Andrew Heaney just when the Rangers got reinforcements and thought. Mm, Maybe Andrew Heaney isn't going to be in the starting rotation for much longer. Andrew Heaney came out with an emphatic, yes, I absolutely am. Six shutout innings, just two hits allowed, 11 strikeouts, and was absolutely dominant. Only one White Sox base runner got to second base. That was Tim Anderson when he singled and then stole second base. And other than that, there were only two more base runners outside of that one single there were only two more base runners in this entire game for the White Sox the Rangers didn't fare a whole lot better they only had one walk and four hits in this one but thankfully for them two of those hits left the yard with home runs from Mitch Garver his sixth of the season and Adoles Garcia's 26th of the season both solo shots and the Rangers won two to nothing got six shutout innings from their starter and a seventh eighth and ninth from their most trustworthy relievers in Josh Spores and then Aralis Chapman and then Will Smith. This is the blueprint for a great Rangers win. A Rangers win that the Rangers haven't done this year. They haven't done a whole lot of these games where the starting pitcher is exceptional. The offense isn't doing very much, and then the bullpen shuts it down with a late lead. Josh Boers was exceptional in his one inning of work. Araldis Chapman did work around a single, but struck out three. And then Will Smith comes in, gets his 18th save of the season. No base runners, one strikeout for him. I am a little, a little worried about Araldis Chapman. There's just one thing that kind of piqued my interest. It, it was only 15 pitches that he threw, but his sinker and his four-seamer were down significantly in velocity, which makes me kind of kind of turn my head just a little bit. 2.6 miles an hour um, lower than his season average, his sinker last night, and 3.1 miles an hour lower on his average fastball velocity last night than his season average, averaging 96.1 with the four-seamer as opposed to his season average of 99.2. Maybe there's a little more volatility in relievers. I don't normally check that in their velocity as much, how that's different than than the usual, but, um, you know, it was it was just down a, a, tick, a tick, and I, I think a couple of ticks, it, it seems like, but I, he was obviously very effective, got three strikeouts, did have the weak hit, weekly hit single, but the pitching for the Rangers in this one was absolutely excellent. Andrew Heaney was fantastic. He got eight swings and misses on his slider, seven swings and misses on his fastball. This is how you know 
Andrew Heaney is working. This is the best version of Andrew Heaney. This is the version the Rangers thought they were getting that they saw with the Dodgers last year. This is a guy who could start you a playoff game if you wanted him to. And at this point, I mean, it depends on who's going in the rotation, who's healthy. We'll see how healthy Nathan Eovaldi is come the end of the season, how consistent John Gray is looking at the end of the season. But this is a guy who could start you a playoff game and maybe not put up this type of numbers. He only threw 80 pitches in this one, which is about what the Rangers have earmarked as his you know, effectiveness limit is about 80 to 90 pitches, maybe. Maybe somewhere in the 70 to 90 pitches range, which might make him a kind of a tandem starter. Maybe you do him for you know, a one and a half times through the order. Then you throw Dane Dunning for a time and a half through the order, and then you give it to your bullpen. Those guys combine to get you six or seven innings. I think that could work. We could see that in a playoff start or just keeping him healthy, letting him go five, six innings every time out. And the big thing for him was no walks, no walks at all. And this one, he was effective. He was effective early in counts and he just went at hitters he didn't throw a bunch of waste pitches he didn't go up 0-2 and then just start throwing some garbage and get his pitch count up there for no good reason he just went at these white Sox hitters this looked like a completely defeated team who had just traded off half it feel like half of the pitchers on their roster from a couple weeks ago and they they looked like it they also traded off jake berger who's one of their best bats if not well, not their best bat because Luis Robert Jr. is still on this team, and he nearly had a home run in this one, but thankfully he didn't. That would have been a home run in 21 parks, but this was one of the parks that it wasn't. So that was good enough for the Rangers to get this two to nothing win. A fantastic outing by Heaney, who's really putting himself in a good spot to keep his spot in the rotation. I think right now the Rangers should kind of stick with this six-ish man rotation. Right now the rotation looks something like this. Max Scherzer, Jordan Montgomery, John Gray, Andrew Heaney, Dane Dunning, and Martin Perez. All of those guys in the last three, Heaney, Dunning, and Perez, had an ERA over four and a half in the month of July. Did not look great. I believe Perez had an ERA over five in that month. None of these guys looked particularly inspiring in that month. So adding two starting pitchers. Now, I'm hoping that we can see Nathan Eovaldi sooner as opposed to later. He'll probably be back sometime in the middle of this month. We will see. Got a little bit of an update there from Chris Young during the game. We'll talk a little bit about that in a second. But the Rangers need these types of wins. They need the different types of wins they haven't had all season. For the most part, the offense has been absolutely elite. But right now, they're suffering some key injuries in Corey Seager and Jonah Heim. We'll talk more about what their timetable is for return because we got a little bit of an update on both of them as well as Nathan Eovaldi in the third segment. But this offense isn't going to go out and score you 15 runs every single game. Sometimes it's going to be two. And to keep those Astros at bay, who also had a 2 nothing win against the Cleveland Guardians, who might be the only offense that's worse than this white current White Sox offense because they just were terrible. And unfortunately, Fran Valdez was great. Literally an outing, the, second start, the first start after the Rangers absolutely rocked him, he goes out and throws a no-hitter against the Cleveland Guardians to keep themselves half game back of the Rangers in this AL West chase that is going to come down to the wire. Unfortunately, I wish the Rangers had more of a divisional chase like the Atlanta Braves, where they were seven games ahead of everybody and so much better than everybody else, and there's just no drama and no worries in the world. I mean, that would be a lot of fun and a lot better uh, on my on my stress and my uh, anxiety watching this team down the stretch, but it is going to be an interesting and fun race. But the Rangers could use some enforcements in their starting in, in, in their starting rotation that they got. They could use some help in the bullpen and maybe even some help with the bats because the bats have been scuffling. But who 
on the prospect radar should you keep your eye on that could help this Rangers team down the stretch. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But first, let's word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Want the chance to win more money with less picks? Head to Sleeper where you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. You can take your bets on if you think Mitch Garver is going to hit another home run, if how well you think Max Scherzer is going to do in his debut on Thursday. You can go make your bets there or how Jordan Montgomery is going to do in his debut on Friday with Texas Rangers. So, you know, get your picks right and you could win big. Dynamic payouts are life. What are dynamic payouts? Well, in short, each player projection now has a multiplier attached to it as opposed to a preset multiplier based on the number of legs in a contest. With dynamic payout also comes a more stat categories to place contests on. So you can get higher payouts than on other apps with less picks. Use promo code Locked On and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms to use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Shout out to the Everydayers for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. On tomorrow's show, I'll be trying to do a crossover with Sully of Locked On MLB to talk about the national national perspective on this Max Scherzer trade and what the Rangers did at the trade deadline in general. You can catch the Rangers take on the White Sox this week. You can catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, Texas has one of the deepest farm systems in all of Major League Baseball. I'd say only the Orioles and the Dodgers are clearly ahead of them. There may be some other teams, if you want to nitpick, that have slightly better systems. And it got a little bit worse with the trades the Rangers made. Uh, giving up Tako Roby, Thomas Sejaci, and also Luis Angel Acuna at the trade deadline for Jordan Montgomery and Chris Stratton and Max Scherzer. But the Rangers still have an incredibly deep farm system, and there are quite a few prospects I think could help this team in October or even in the stretch run if they before they get to October. They still have to get there, and right now the Rangers do have a 91% chance to make the postseason according to baseball reference, but that is not 100%. That is not a guarantee. Their magic number is not at zero to clinch the AL West or even a wild card berth. This team still has work to do. There are a lot of other good teams. They did a lot of work at the trade deadline, but they still have some holes in their roster that could be filled internally with some very, very good prospects. The first one on this list of the five is, of course, Evan Carter. Evan Carter is the Rangers' top prospect. He is a center fielder slash left fielder, mainly center fielder, and I think if he came up to the big leagues, he would probably be playing in left field because defensively, he's not quite as good as Leo Tavares, not quite as fast, doesn't make quite as good reads, but still a very, very good defender in center field. And the guy can't hit. He can hit very, very well. And he has done so at nearly every single level. He has been struggling a little bit as of late. The last seven days has an OPS below 500. Actually, last seven days, he's got an OPS of 355, not super great. And in the last 28 days, a 733 OPS. Still, that on base is a 340, slugging just under 400. The guy has done almost everything that's been asked of him at AA Frisco. I think once he breaks out of this current slump, he is going to be promoted up to AAA. I don't think they're going to call him up straight from AA, especially if he's in the middle of this skid. But I do still think that he will be on the big league roster by the time the season ends and maybe even on the playoff roster because the best version of this Rangers roster is a team with Evan Carter on it. We've seen a little bit of a skid from Travis Jankowski, from Ezekiel Duran, from Lily Tavares, all of those guys, even Josh Young, the last 15 games for all these guys, Travis Jankowski has an on-base of just 333, slugging just 300 in the last 15 games. Josh Young is slugging under 
under 350 with an on base of 258 in his last 15 ezekiel duran is slugging under 250 with an on base of 254 in his last 15 games and leo Tavares has a slash line in his last 15 of 167 207 259 i do still think all of these guys are going to turn around I'm most confident in the guys not named travis jankowski because that's kind of about what jankowski has been in his career and it's kind of felt like fool's gold for the first i don't know 100 and something or how many games that he's played with the Rangers so far this year. I think it's in the sixties or um yeah, sixty seven games so far. I don't think that's necessarily sustainable. The seven eighty five OPS he's put up, that's uh, about a hundred points higher than his career average. But still, I think that he's going to turn it back around. But having all those guys struggle in your lineup at the same time is frustrating. Adding these reinforcements in the pen and in the starting rotation, I think will help the Rangers have more games like this. And I think they will need to have more games like this in a two nothing win where <clears throat> the Rangers offense carried them in the first three months of the season. They just did. They carried them very, very far. And the starting rotation was pretty good. Bullpen was very, very shaky. The bullpen got a little bit better. Starting rotation got a little bit worse in July. I think it's the starting rotation and the bullpen are going to have to carry this team a little bit in August while the Rangers get their reinforcements back. Whenever they get Jonah Heim back, whenever they get Corey Seager back, whenever these young guys who haven't had a prolonged stretch in the big leagues, 104 games for Josh Young so far this year, he hasn't had a prolonged stretch with, with this many games in his minor league career because of injuries. So I think the wear and tear is, is it's hurting him a little bit. I do still think he's going to bust out of it because he is a very, very good young player. I think Leody is going to surely turn around what he's done the last 15 games, and I still have confidence in Ezekiel Durant as well. But still, the Rangers could use some help offensively down the stretch. I don't think Evan Carter is coming up tomorrow, but I do think he's coming up eventually, and he will be should be a huge, huge boost to the Rangers whenever he does come up. Next guy on this list, maybe a little bit of a wild card, not on my top 30 prospects. I kind of thought about including him, if I did a re-rank and with all the, the new draft picks and, and everything else that's come in and the, the trades and, and everything, I think this guy might be in at the bottom, around the bottom 30 um, or around the 30th ish ranked prospect, but that's Antoine Kelly, the left-handed relief pitcher the Rangers got back in the trade for Matt Bush with the Milwaukee Brewers last year. He has been downright exceptional the last month. He has been so much better. He is a guy with very, very good stuff, a left-handed reliever who strikes out the world and also has walked the world in his career. And as of late, he has stopped walking the world. He's only allowed one walk in his last seven days and only two walks in the last 28 days. In the month of April, he walked eight in seven and two-thirds innings. In the month of May, he walked eight and nine and a third innings. Since then, nine innings in June, just two walks. Eleven and a third innings in July, just two walks there. And zero walks in two innings, his one outing in August. Had a zero ERA in the month of July and a zero ERA in his one appearance in August. The guy's stuff is very, very good. Touches up to upper 90s with the fastball, I believe, has reached uh, up to 99 with it. I think Lately, he's been sitting in the upper 90s, 96, 97-ish with some good breaking stuff. And if he's not walking, guys, and he is still striking out of basically the entire world. I mean, for the season, he's got, um, where we go, a um, th- 53 strikeouts uh, in 170 172 plate appearances um, in total. That is 53 strikeouts in 39 and a third innings, while only allowing four home runs. That is very good. 12.1 Ks per nine. That will play. 
that will very much play. And I think that he is due for a promotion to AAA at some point. I think we could see him in the Rangers pen. I know they have a lot of lefties, a lot of guys in who are lefties who can strike guys out. And maybe you can never have enough. I, I think that's kind of the point, as we've seen with pitching as with relievers. And relievers are the guys who can just be absolute helium guys we saw pete fairbanks just rise through the system incredibly quickly and get to the big leagues and be incredibly dominant after starting the year in i believe high a and getting all the way up to the big leagues and being one of the best believers in baseball when the raiders traded him for nick solak to the freaking rays i don't have to remind you how poorly that worked out for the rangers but still Antoine kelly is a guy who the rangers got for half a season i guess a season and a half it would have been of matt bush but the Brewers cut bait with him, and we're going to talk about Matt Bush because the Rangers re-signed him to a minor league deal. We're going to talk about that and the other prospects that could help this team at the big league level win some games and win the AOS for the first time since 2016. But first, let's word from our sponsors. Shout out to the Aviators for making Lockdown Rangers your first listen every single day. On Friday's show, I'll be breaking down what happened this week on the farm. So talking even more about some prospects. The Rangers take on the White Sox this week and catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, number three prospect I think could help the Rangers in the big leagues this season is Zach Kent. Zach Kent, I think, would have been in the big leagues already at this point, helping this team out either in the pen or... Uh, or maybe as starting pitcher, I don't know if he would have been would have cracked the starting rotation. I don't think he would have done better than what Dane Dunning has done so far this season. But I think he could have been a very valuable right-handed reliever whose stuff touches in the upper 90s if they are putting him in that relief role. He's a guy who's got experience in relief, but he has been hurt since uh, April 4th was the one and only outing he threw for AAA this year. And since then, he finally got back on in the middle of July. July 15th was his first outing with the Arizona Complex League. He went two shutout innings there, two shutout innings in his next appearance, which was six days after that on the 21st. Then a week after that, he got a little bit lit up by the ACL Mariners, two and a third innings, three home runs, seven runs total, two walks for him did have three strikeouts but again not not exactly ideal for him he is still getting back to healthy but i think once he does get healthy the rangers will bump him right back up to triple a and i think he will be knocking on the door at the big leagues i really really like zach kent's got probably the nastiest slider in the entire Rangers system maybe kumar rockers is a little bit nastier but the guy has a really good four pitch mix all of the pitches come out of the same arm slot i think he could get through a big league uh, big league um, lineup one time through maybe a time and a half um, but still that is a valuable guy and I'd love to see what his stuff looks like in the pen especially that nasty nasty slider that could get some big leaguers out his fastball could get some big leaguers out and I think that he could help this Rangers team depends on his health obviously the last outing in the Arizona Complex League wasn't ideal but I think he'll have probably one more there and then we'll see where he gets bumped to and uh, how long it takes for him to get healthy but I really really love Zach Kent had him on the show a couple years back really rooting for that kid and I think he could definitely help this team in August or September or maybe even October next guy on this list is another guy in AAA it is Dustin Harris the outfield prospect the Rangers have quite a few good outfield prospects quite a few guys who are hitting pretty well 
in AAA, and Dustin Harris is definitely one of the better hitters in the Rangers system so far this season. He's got a 384 on base, slugging 419. The power numbers have not quite been there in terms of the home runs this year. He's only got seven home runs in 88 games, but does also have seven triples and 19 doubles. The walks have really increased. He's stolen 31 bases. I haven't seen his defense in the outfield this year, but I'm assuming it's better than it was when I saw him in Frisco last year when he was transitioning to being a full-time outfield fielder he started as a first baseman slash third baseman third base didn't seem like that was ever going to work first base might be fine um but the athleticism the speed there the stolen base threat the power that is there the raw power that is there and having an advanced approach working those walks that is something that could help the rangers probably would be better it, defensively in the outfield than Robbie Grossman right now. Bat might honestly be better than Robbie Grossman right now, or maybe even Brad Miller. I, I don't know. I think we might end up seeing him a little bit. It depends on what the Rangers do with those veterans. I don't think those guys are going anywhere, but I think that if there is an injury to somebody in the outfield, we could see Dustin Harris down the stretch, or even if there isn't, we might still see Dustin Harris down the stretch. Really like this kid having a good season in AAA, and uh, yeah, I, I think he could be a big leaguer by the end of the season. Next guy on this list is another guy who I have not been as high on as I should have been. It is Justin Fosky, the Rangers' first-round pick from the 2020 draft, where they absolutely crushed it this year. He has had a really, really great season for triple a round rock he's got an on base of 382 slugging 454 only 11 home runs four triples though and 17 doubles in 364 plate appearances nine stolen bases to four times caught stealing 51 walks to 46 strikeouts he has been in a little bit as in a slump as of late the last 28 days he's got a 651 ops over the last 90 days an ops of 803 he has had some really really streaky months and we have seen what he can do when he gets hot when this guy gets hot he hits home runs in bunches most most of them are to the pull side but he will give you a professional at bat every single time out there I think I'd rather see his at-bats in the big leagues than Brad Miller. And I think defensively, he provides you a little bit more. I think he can play third base not horrendously from what I've heard from the scouts. And second base, he can play okay. I think, again, his left field defense is probably better than Robbie Grossman. But there, I, I honestly think you might throw Antoine Kelly out there in left field. His defense might be better than what Robbie Grossman's bringing you at this point. I think that Justin Foskey, if the Rangers need a kick from their offense, if these bats keep struggling and the Rangers um, want to move on from some of those veterans, they want to give a young guy who has got a decent approach and some some real upside as a valuable big league hitter a chance as their dh i think this could be the guy i still would trust mitch garver's bat if everyone's fully healthy as the primary dh or ezekiel duran over justin fosu but i do still think that you know we are one injury away one um you know brad miller injury away from seeing justin foscue at the big league level i think he could contribute right there right now offensively would like to see him break out of that slump a little bit first and i don't think his return or his his big league debut is imminent but he is definitely just about ready for the big leagues and my wild card is of course matt bush matt bush was signed to the rangers he's been in triple a or double a on a minor league deal and he he's been pretty good so far this season he's got a, a zero era so far and i have really really loved what i have heard about him the velocity is not quite what it was um it's not you know in the upper 90s i'm sure the the spin rate is on there but he looks like a guy who can get big league hitters out and that is 
of something that the Rangers need, especially from a right-hander. In 2023, he was not great with the Brewers. He wasn't great with them in 2022 either. He had a 2.95 ERA with the Rangers in 2022, then an ERA north of four in 25 games with the Brewers last season. This year, he had an ERA over nine and a half with the Brewers, but so far in the minors this year, he has been much, much better in double-A Frisco. Where'd we go? Um, I swear I had this right there. Um, between two levels in the minor leagues this year with triple um, a with milwaukee and double a with the rangers he has pitched in 12 games finished off three of them does have a save 12 and two-thirds innings 15 strikeouts just five walks for him only one run which was unearned and only six hits so a whip of four uh, 0.865 4.3 hits per nine no homers, 3.6 walks per nine. It's been lower since he's been with Frisco than it was in AAA with Milwaukee. But still, I think he could end up helping this club out of the pen. Maybe we could see Chase Lee. Chase Lee is another side armor who has got some really bad numbers against lefties, but some really good numbers against righties at 565 OPS for opponents in 148 at-bats as a against righties and then against lefties in OPS over 900 in 64. Um, played appearances there. So, um, yeah, I think we could see Chase Lee at some point this year down the stretch. I mean, especially if the Rangers keep running through bullpen arms like they have of just sending guys up and down and up and down. He's not on the 40-man as of yet, so that might be what deters him from being called up to the major leagues because the Rangers have to make a move on their 40-man. I don't think they do that um, just yet, (laughs) but there are definitely guys on that 40-man like Brad Miller or Robbie Grossman who you could definitely see being some 40-man casualties if the Rangers need some help in their bullpen. But one last thing I want to talk about is Jacob DeGrom helping to land Max Scherzer. That was a great move for him. Max Scherzer called up Jacob DeGrom to talk about, well, what, what would it be like if I if I came to Texas? It's nice to see they have a good relationship. And DeGrom being like, yeah, I know I can't pitch this year, but you know maybe next year. This is a good place. This is a good team with good vibes who is trying to win. And even though it's a little hot here, Uh, It's a little hotter here than in New York. This team is much hotter than the New York Mets. And if you want to come here and be serious about winning, this is a good place to do it. Glad to see that Jacob DeGrom, the recruiter, is still active and available, even if Jacob DeGrom, the pitcher, is not. But we did get some good injury updates from Chris Young on the television broadcast last night. He said the team is hopeful that Corey Seager will be back in the coming days, which I assume means during the series against the White Sox. Maybe it'll be tonight on Wednesday. Maybe it'll be on Thursday for Max Scherzer's first game. That would be a whole lot of fun. Or maybe it'll be by this weekend's series, but he has resumed baseball activities and he is further along than they initially anticipated. Even though I feel like initially they said it would just be the 10 days and it's been 11 days at this point and he has not yet been activated. He could be activated tonight um, or as I'm recording this because they love to drop news while I'm recording these episodes. But still, Rangers need him back because, again, like I said, all of those bats that are struggling, they could use Corey Seager jumping back in the lineup. Marcus Simeon has been red hot as of late. Nathaniel Lowe has been red hot as of late. And we see that when Adoles Garcia gets hot, he hits them dingers and bunches. And Jonah Heim, it seems like they are feeling very confident he will be back at some point during the regular season this year. Initially, he will hit uh, left-handed before he will hit right-handed. Uh, we heard a report that he was only going to hit against lefties at first. I don't know if that means that he's just going to go 
hit as a lefty against lefties whenever they're in there, or the Rangers are just going to throw Mitch Garver in there whenever there is a, a lefty on the mound and take him out of the game. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily going to be the case, but we'll see. The Rangers got um, decent news. They're still feeling pretty good about Nathan Eovaldi when he came home and saw the team doctor, but it seems like it might be a little longer than that initial 15 days that he was placed on the IL for. That would have put him back on August 11th. It seems like it might be a couple days after that. That's okay. It's not great. It's not ideal, but it is all about getting him healthy for the postseason. And the the version of Nathan Eovaldi that we have seen for most of the season, especially the Nate Eovaldi of May when he was the May pitcher of the month, he has been one of the best pitchers in the American League all season. And the Rangers need him at his surefire best to have a chance to go deep in October. They've got a deep rotation. They've got some guys who could have some amazing starts. We've seen Max Scherzer have some amazing starts this season, also had some stinkers. I mean, the Rangers, I feel like, are going to get a very good version of Max Scherzer down the stretch. And we've seen John Gray come in bunches of like having great starts and having bad starts seen Jordan Montgomery be incredibly reliable, and now we've seen this good version of Andrew Heaney. It is all about getting Nathan Eovaldi fully healthy for the playoffs, kind of like it felt when Jacob deGrom was missing all of those games. It's just, okay, as long as he's back and healthy for the playoffs, that didn't end up happening. Hopefully the Rangers can catch a break with Nathan Eovaldi. It is a forearm issue, and those are always scary and always a little bit worrisome, even though it's it's doesn't it seems like it's on the outside of the elbow I, I don't really know what they're saying with that but really just get him healthy and getting Mitch Garver being Mitch Garver his Mitch Carvery self and hitting home runs in bunches like we've seen him do he's got a 792 OPS after that solo shot we've seen him get hot and hit them in bunches his sixth home run of the season the Rangers need this version of Mitch Garver with so many other guys in this lineup struggling in Josh Young in Ezekiel Duran in Lee Tavares even in Travis Jankowski the Rangers need someone in the bottom of the order to get hot and to do some damage with some big swings Mitch Garver is that guy people forget how good he can be. I'm hoping that he can remind them with a hot run down the final two months of the season, maybe even in the postseason as well. He has got as big a bat as any in this lineup. When he gets going, he can be good as just about any catcher in all of Major League Baseball. So hopefully that home run can be something that triggers him into going on a prolonged hot streak because the Rangers sure as heck need it. That's going to do it for today's show. Like I said, on tomorrow's show, we'll be back hopefully with Sully doing a crossover episode talking about the Max Scherzer trade. Then on Friday, we'll talk about Max Scherzer's actual first start and what's going on on the farm this week. Thank you all so much for listening and subscribing. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy first place Texas Rangers baseball.